1: Use the promo code Big Blue.
2: Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always, my co-host Nick Filato. and today we've got a special guest joining us. It's Sean Green of the Diehard Eagles podcast. And what's the other one? Always Gambling, correct?
3: Sports Gambling Podcast. Sports
2: Gambling Podcast. Sean, sorry about that, but thank you so much for joining us today. You're here to preview the Eagles Giants game with us. You must be happy because it's been a hell of a season for your boys.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, dominating uh, 11 and 1. Everyone thought I was crazy when I gave out uh, Eagles to be the number one seed in the NFC at 50 to 1. Uh, knock on wood that that thing comes in. But, yeah, it's, it's been a great season. Jalen Hurts having an MVP-like season. A.J. Brown, I went nuts when they traded for him. I thought he was exactly the type of guy they needed to unlock this offense and. Yeah. He showed it on Sunday and he's been showing it all season.
1: And I kind of want to start right there with Jalen Hurts, because the progression of Jalen Hurts is somewhat similar to what we've seen from a quarterback like Josh Allen, who might have struggled a little bit with accuracy. And now it seems like his field vision and the touch that he has on passes over the middle of the field and really anywhere on the football field has drastically improved this season. Do you think that's just a product of the additions of A.J. Brown, second year with Devonta Smith, or do you think it's just the work that Jalen Hurts has put in during the offseason and just his true development?
3: Yeah, I mean, everyone thought I was crazy when I said I think Jalen Hurts can make a jump here in his second year as a starter. He started a couple games his rookie year, but that was like a completely different system. Carson Wentz had poisoned the building, and then Jalen Hurts comes in. He has his first year as a legit starter. Last year, I saw some flashes where I'm like, this kid can throw. He just needs to develop, and he put in a ton of time in the off season. And you've seen it every level where he's been at, whether it's from high school to college, from uh, Alabama to Oklahoma, Oklahoma to his rookie year, rookie year to second year, he's gotten better as a passer. So to me, it was easy to project that he's going to get better. And then you throw in AJ Brown, a guy, he has a a relationship with a friendship with a guy has a massive catch radius. Like I think I could complete 45% to AJ Brown, because the guy catches everything and he's a giant dude, like even some low balls that are bad throws by Jalen hurts. When you have AJ Brown with that long frame, scooping them up and Devonta Smith as well. And then, and then you throw in like second year in the offense, you know, Nick Sirianni knowing what to call for him. Um, It's just everything kind of coming together, but really the dude puts in a ton of work. So he deserves the credit.
2: I wanted to ask you a little bit about Jalen, a little bit more about Jalen Hurts before we turn the subject there. What are some of the areas of his game that you think can still improve this year? or Do you feel like he's kind of reached a level where he's really just operating at high cylinder with everything he's done? Is there anything a defense, for example, has tried to take away that he's then struggled with to adjust to or any kind of throws, any kind of areas of the field that he struggled throwing the ball to?
3: Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, against the blitz, the Eagles offense hasn't been as good as it has uh, been not against the blitz. I think there's some stuff he can do there. Um, you know, a couple games ago, it wasn't even like a funk cause they were still winning games, but they weren't playing as well. He was, he was kind of forcing the QB scramble a little bit. He was maybe running when he didn't need to run. kind of slipping into some bad habits, but he's cleaned up the game a lot since then. So yeah, I would just say, you know, only running when you need to run. And that's something I think that's always going to be an issue because he is a good runner. You just kind of got to pick your spots and then, and then not taking huge shots when you do run. Um, He's pretty good at it, but I still think he can improve.
1: It's funny, too, because I think the most dangerous part of Jalen Hurts' game, even though he has improved so much as a passer, is his ability to extend plays and what he does with his legs, which coincides very well to what the Eagles want to do philosophically. You guys love to run the football, run off the zone read, and that offensive line you guys have allow you to have such a diverse Rushing attack. I remember studying the Eagles' film last year, Nick Sirianni's first year as the head coach, and I just felt like you guys used the trap game very well, counter any kind of power pullers, and that's something that specifically exploits the New York Giants' defense because their second level is pretty weak. Can you speak to the overall rushing attack before we get into the passing attack of the Philadelphia Eagles, Miles Sanders, the running backs, and how Jalen Hurts really enhances it?
3: Yeah, I mean, when you have to, when you're doing those zone read options, and you have to you have to, you know, play the option that the quarterback could run. It really makes things difficult. You know, if you're, if you're a defensive end uh, like Micah Parsons, they, they really neutralize Micah Parsons in that Cowboys game by running instead of running away from him and letting him be like, this, you know, great guy coming from the other side and tracking the play down. They ran right at him and forced him to make a bunch of tough reads. And if you're not used to that, it really is. um, It's really tough. Like, do you play the running back or do you play uh, Jalen hurts or do you play the pass Cause he, they pass off of it as well. And it makes it really tough. Like you have to have really, really good linebackers um, to, to counterbalance it. And I, and quietly miles Sanders is having a career year. It's a contract year for miles Sanders. At the beginning of the season, it didn't seem like he was going to be an Eagle next year, but uh, he's had a ton of touchdown regressions. He's running really hard, and the the offensive line makes everyone look good. So, it's again, it's kind of a combination of all three there, but when your quarterback can run so well, it, it really makes it hard for a linebacker.
1: And the Eagles right now, I think, are third in the NFL in RPO rate. You guys run a lot of RPOs, and you guys feel like pass a lot off those RPOs. So, I'm just – imagining that defensive coordinators are in such a stressful mode to defend this RPO game because of Jalen Hurts. Like you said, those three options that he has off of it. Do you know of any of the primary RPO type of concepts that are ran whenever the Eagles do decide to employ that? Is it a lot of vertical? Is it a lot of glance just over the middle of the field? Are you guys a bubble type of team? Do you know uh, exactly what they do off that RPO game?
3: Yeah, they'll they'll run some of the bubble stuff, but that I, I think they run that less off the RPO. It's it'll be some sh- short stuff off the RPO. I can't imagine I'm trying to think. I don't think they run a ton of the deep stuff off the RPO. But to kind of highlight Jalen's progression, last year when they were running a ton of RPO and he was he was running the ball well, there was a way to beat him where he would just load the box and force him to find his second read and force him to throw the ball downfield. There were moments where he struggled. I mean, you look at that Tampa Bay game, he was uh, dealing with an ankle injury and I'm sure that didn't help, but he just, they, they played him a certain way. They dared the Eagles to beat him with the pass and he just couldn't do it. The difference this year is He's beating them with the pass. You know, you saw the game against the Packers. They set a, almost a franchise record for rushing yards. And he was a big part of it ran for 157 yards. He just ran all over the Packers. And then people go, Oh, you can't win that way in the NFL. You got to win by throwing the ball. All right. Give us the Tennessee Titans going to throw all over your ass and, and have AJ Brown dominate. So they're showing they can win in, in multiple different ways, which I think is really, um, really highlights, you know, how well they're doing.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because last year the Giants were actually one of the teams that were able to slow down Jalen Hurts in their first game before kind of the team went into collapse mode under Judge. It was a 13-7 game. They had one play that stands out to me where Xavier McKinney was in the middle of field, closed as a safety read Jalen Hurts and intercepted him at around midfield. McKinney's not going to play in this game. They don't really have anyone else on this roster who can make that kind of play in my mind. I also think part of the issue for Hurts last year that's kind of changed is he has more confidence to try to stick those tight window throws and to try to throw the ball into a spot that can be a 50-50 play now that he has the receivers. I wanted to ask you specifically, though, because now we're trying to turn it forward. It's not the same Giants defense or same Eagles offense with AJ Brown what did the Colts do specifically? Cause they were the only team I've watched this year that really actually slowed down the Eagles offense. And I remember Ben Solak was talking about it. Is there anything that stood out to you that they did that maybe giants fans can look at and be like, all right, maybe that's something wink Martindale giants fans coordinator can look to do to slow down this offense. Cause that's the biggest for me. It's like giants offense. Maybe they can get stuff going. I don't know, but defensively is where my main concern is right now.
3: Yeah. I mean, and, And you want to talk about some of the, some of the funk that the Eagles were in again, they still won the game as an Eagles fan. It almost felt like a loss, but uh, they've been susceptible to fumbles. Like they, they had awesome turnover um, turnover efficiency, those first games. And then, you know, a big AJ Brown fumble, uh, there was a big Quez Watkins fumble in the, uh, in the commander's game there. So I think one going after AJ Brown has had a couple of fumbles, getting some receiver fumbles. That's how you, that's how you turn a game. Um, Jalen hurts himself is pretty solid about not turning it over, but there's been some issues with the receivers in particular. So if you can get some strips uh, there, that's obviously a game changer. I do think the way they rushed uh, or the, the way the Colts rushed them uh, was a smart way. Like they didn't, they didn't bring a ton of outside rush. Cause that's easy for Jalen to just rush up the middle. It's kind of that, like, you know, that like uh kind of that muddle rush or whatever it is where they, they rush, but they don't go too crazy um, up the field. And that's really where, I mean, but the Packers got exposed doing that, where they just, they just rushed him like a regular quarterback. And it's like, guys, if you're going to give us that, he's going to take it all day. It's that, it's that fine art of like rushing, but not going too hard on the edge, sitting back a little bit. But then, you know, to his credit, he's been good at reading his progressions and, and finding the open guys. I think he struggled a little bit with that. Um, But then also like they did move the ball decently on the Colts. Those, those inopportune penalties. Uh, he also had a strip sack. Uh, that was his only uh, Hertz has only had three turnovers, I think this year. And, and one came against the Colts. So um, that was really what killed the, killed the offense. Honestly, like if they didn't have those turnovers, I think they would have won by more of a margin.
1: Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau, they're going to have the work cut out for them because you're right. Both of those pass rushers love to stress high side. They're going to have to play contain, and it's something that the Giants are somewhat familiar with. Back in week three, they played Chicago, and I felt like Wink Martindale did an excellent job sending kind of cross dog blitzes through the A-gap off the ass of Dexter Lawrence and then actually using Dexter Lawrence kind of as a contained defender flowing from like a one technique all the way to like a five-spot post snap along with the end man on the line of scrimmage dropping off to be that primary contain. I think the Giants might look to try and flush Jalen Hurts in those situations out to the edge where those contained defenders will be. That's at least what Wink Martindale put on tape when they were playing Justin Fields, but this is a, such a different animal trying to guard this Philadelphia Eagles offense. And before we go to the defense, No Mustafer. No, Chris, yes, no Mustafer who really struggled against Dexter Lawrence. I want to get your opinion somewhat on this offensive line. Look, Jason Kelsey is one of the best... Offensive lineman, one of the best centers in the National Football League, but he's more of an athletic type of guy. Not that he can't hold his own against power, but I remember just over the years, he used to struggle with Dalvin Tomlinson when Dalvin Tomlinson was here. Right now, the Giants have Dexter Lawrence playing at an unreal level. They love to run odd front in their base personnel packages, five guys on the line of scrimmage. How is Jason Kelsey held up in those types of situations? Odd front, pure strength against 340 pound athletes like Dexter Lawrence this season.
3: Well, I mean, one, I think Jason Kelsey, besides his athleticism, he's incredibly smart. Um, He's great, you know, high IQ center, which is what you need to stay in the league this long. Uh, And they've been great about, you know, figuring out he's got two guards right next to him that are great at supporting him. Um, He hasn't really gotten destroyed. By power, I would say, or like by giant guys. Uh, I would say his issues, honestly, there have been a couple snap issues uh, from Jason Kelsey. So maybe that's him getting in his own head or whatever. I think that's been his real weakness uh, so far this season. If there has been issues uh, as far as pressure, there's been a couple moments where Jordan Milata has had some issues. Um, You know, he's a big guy, but there are some guys, and you know, Kavon Thibodeau. Uh, I would. Uh, he's probably going to be matched up on him. I'm trying to think which edge he's going to be coming at, but um, he might he might have some shots to beat him with some speed or some spin moves, that kind of stuff. There's been a couple moments where Jordan Mylata has um, has gotten beat. Quite honestly, uh, Lane Johnson having a great year, as you would expect. But I think Jason Kelsey's pretty good at working with the two guards next to him, in particular, Landon Dickerson, uh, who the Eagles drafted. And I was kind of I was. I was on the fence about the pick, honestly, cause he had his injury history in Alabama. I'm like, this dude can't stay healthy, um, but knock on wood. He has for the vast majority of his early career here. So I think he's going to rely on some help from the guards there, do what they can and, you know, kind of use his intelligence to, to figure out the best way. So I, I think Kelsey will be okay, but I would highlight he has had a couple of issues with the snap.
1: I know it might be somewhat difficult, but I know the Giants are going to try to scheme some sort of free rushers and they're going to try to take advantage of the fact that Dexter Lawrence has such a size advantage on someone like Jason Kelsey, who is excellent as a undersized center. One more question on the offense. I don't know if Dan has another one. One more question from me. How many touchdowns will Boston Scott score this week?
3: <laughs> oh, man. So obviously you guys, it's on your radar. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm – who knows? Like he's, it's kind of been Kenny Gainwell, but again, Boston Scott the history when it's like uh, six games, he has eight touchdowns against the Giants. As a gambling man, I'm definitely playing Boston Scott one touchdown, Boston Scott two touchdowns, Boston Scott to score three touchdowns, which again is a crazy scenario. Even as an Eagles fan, that's 250 to one. You know, for some, he's had multi touchdown games. I don't know what it is about the Giants not being able to tackle this. Uh, this guy. And he's, he's certainly, he was used more in other years where they weren't as uh some of it was like filling in for injury and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. Like he hasn't had a crazy year, but for whatever reason, this is a matchup he loves. So I'm, I'm definitely betting some Boston Scott touchdowns uh, coming this Sunday.
2: For Giants fans who aren't as aware of what the Eagles have been, or why the Eagles have been able to be this dominant team, maybe see if you can name a player or two players who are kind of been surprised, massive contributors, role players. We go by the film every week and we talk about like the high effort players, the unheralded players, maybe a player like that, that Giants fans need to and, and their number, their Jersey number. So while we're watching the game this Sunday, we're like, all right, let's keep an eye on that player and, and know where he is on the field.
3: Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, TJ Edwards, uh, 57. Oh, yes,
2: you would he, guess where he's from Wisconsin, <laughs> baby. Yeah. I don't have my Wisconsin gear back. Here. All we do is produce linebackers, at the NFL level. Let me just make that clear. Where did they get head? Edwards was a free agent, right? Rookie yeah. free agent.
3: Um, yeah, or yeah. If they did. He drafted him late round. He's, he's a guy that's just, uh, he's been flying around. He's been having a great year. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, you know, I can't remember, um, honestly, like a, a, a time where the Eagles linebackers were this strong, you would have to go back to like, you know, the Jim Johnson defense days. It was always kind of a position where, you know, how he his analytics, it's like, you don't spend a lot of draft capital. You don't spend a lot of dollars on the linebacker position, but they kind of fell into it uh, this year with TJ Edwards having a career year, uh, Kaiser white, who's a little banged up, uh, but Nicobe Dean filled in for him and looked really good again, the game was a little bit out of hand by the time he got in there, but he, he ended up leading the team in tackles and and looked really clean. I think another guy you got to watch is the rookie Jordan Davis, number 90. You don't need his Jersey number. You're not going to miss him. Massive dude uh, there in the middle. And you know, the Eagles, their defensive weakness has been probably uh, stopping the run, right? Like, so uh, with him out that that made it even harder. but. They sign Linval Joseph. They sign Dominic and Sue. Um, so they have a pretty deep rotation of dudes that are just 300 pounds. Jordan Davis is a fun watch, and he is a he is a really tough uh, guy to block. Number 90, uh, the nose tackle. And you you talk about some odd fronts when the Eagles are struggling with the run, they will run like a like a bear front. Put five guys, put the nose tackle right on the center there, and use that to slow them down. And then. I I wouldn't be surprised if you guys see a lot of that because they're going to be looking to stop Saquon. And I think they're going to feel pretty comfortable with Bradbury and Darius slay on the giants, whoever's left uh, receiver wise that you got. So I think, I think you're going to see a decent amount of Jordan Davis. Yeah. And I think that's
1: something that we're, we're afraid of, right? Dan is, we know what the giants are going to do offensively. They're probably going to roll out more 12 and 13 personnel than maybe the Eagles have seen recently. And how do you combat that? You come out in that bare front. You come out in that odd front. And you just load the line of scrimmage. And I'm not really 100% certain how the Giants are going to be able to get any kind of offense against that defensive front if the yeah. Giants offensive line doesn't block. So maybe, Dan, I want to get your opinion on this. Dan, we'll bring you here. Do you think the Giants will try at least to use the quick game like we've been talking about all week and maybe a little bit more 11 personnel? I know the Giants kind of suck in terms of their receiver depth, but that might be one way to try and at least generate something on the ground because 12, 13 personnel has not been working recently.
2: I think they absolutely have to for a number of reasons, but partially for what Sean was just bringing up. Look. Nakobe Dean is a player who now Giants fans probably wish they took over a Cordell Flott type, right? I mean, was that pick before Flot? It might have been but a pick, a few picks before Flott, but he'd be a No, much no, bigger I believe
1: in. no, I believe the Giants took Azudu and Flott over Nicobe right. Dean. And Azudu, whatever,
2: shot. but I mean he'd be a much bigger contributor right now. They could desperately need him. And same goes for TJ Edwards, who'd be by far and away the best linebacker on the Giants right now. By far and away. But both of those guys are not known for their pass coverage. One thing when I watched the film of Nicobe Dean, I had a lot of questions about how he would be in pass coverage at the NFL level. TJ Edwards, certainly not a pass coverage type linebacker. I'm not sure he's been. I'm sure he's. you could tell me if he's been okay in that regard. But if you go to the quick game, if you go to the shotgun, if you use lighter personnel and you're Mike Kafka, you have a chance to put both of those linebackers or whoever they put on the field in conflict. Same thing you did last week in overtime. Slant flat, curl flat combination, half-field reads, whatever it may be, put the linebacker in conflict, make him cover one-on-one, use, you know, like like Washington football team did with Scott Turner, use ways to get Saquon Barkley one-on-one against one of those linebackers, so yes, Nick, I would hope that this is the game where they do because I think you're right, man. They try to line up their classic 12-and-13 personnel against the Eagles, now that Jordan Davis is back, now that they've added guys up front like Sue and Linville Joseph, it's just not going to work, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be lead to a lot of what we saw last week, three and out. So I hope yeah, and, they do it.
3: And to your point, um, you know, it's, I, I would imagine giant's going to look to attack the middle of the field as well. Um, I think Cody Bellinger probably would have a, a, a decent chance catching a couple balls here. His receiving prop is two and a half. My Daniel uh,
2: Bellinger, but no, I make oh, the same, sorry, mistake. What I made I the same mistake. Don't worry <laughs> about it.
3: <laughs> you know, the, the hot stove talk uh, kind of worked in. Yeah, exactly. Um, Daniel Bellinger. Yeah. It, so, They've struggled with the tight ends at times, um, and you know uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who had been getting a ton of interceptions for the Eagles, not amazing in coverage. He's out. Uh, we got Reed Blankenship, who's you know kind of like your Vince Papale type uh, late round pick. I don't even know if he was uh, drafted honestly, and uh, he wasn't. He's- no, he was undrafted, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's he, wasn't, yeah. he he's he's kind of living the dream there uh in the in the safety uh backfield there. So I would try and find uh Reed Blankenship and force him to cover if I was the Giants offensive coordinator. And um because I think that's and and even the other safety uh apps hasn't been playing great. Like the strengths have been the outside corners and the pass rush. So I, I think there's some opportunities in the middle of the field, especially if you get to the safeties there.
1: And I wanted to ask you to, or at least get your opinion on something with, um, I think the Giants should try to get aggressive early in this game by throwing deep to back up James Bradbury and Darius Slay to have them respect his speed. Because if they align in press, it might be a little bit more difficult for Darius Slay to win off the line of scrimmage to run those quick game type of concepts that we hope they implement. So has Jonathan Gannon run a lot of press type of alignments what is exactly the coverages that the eagles have employed against speedy receivers or against teams that are a little bit more run heavy
3: yeah you know it it is uh it's weird i mean like the eagles have had historic numbers in a lot of ways this year with their defense uh some of that is relying on the turnovers they've been great at creating turnovers and again i i'm i'm optimistic we can get some this week but what's been frustrating is Eagles fans and, you know, like screw Jonathan again. what are we doing? There have been times where they've been sitting back in soft zones and giving um, you know, receivers in particular, fast receivers, a way too big of a cushion. Um, You know, Darius Slay is a very good receiver. Is he as fast as he was earlier on in his career? Maybe not. Um, So I think they, there has been some, some moments where they kind of play it safe. They sit back a little bit. They wait for uh, the opponent to make a mistake and and you know pounce on them with either a sack or a turnover. So I think I and as an Eagles fan, it is frustrating at times when they sit back in these soft zones. So I think that could be an issue.
1: So I just looked up the statistics 54% of the time, the Eagles are in middle of the field close. So that might be a way it's either cover one or it's cover three. There might be a way where the giants can isolate a one-on-one matchup. And then it's just going to come down to can Darius Slayton win vertically against Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Now giant fans, we know James Bradbury very well. I think James Bradbury is one of the better cornerbacks in the national football league, but while he was even here and playing at a pro bowl level, one thing he did struggle with was speed. So I'm actually a little curious if the Giants are going to attempt to challenge James Bradbury in those one-on-one matchups. I don't know if Darius Slade would win that consistently or win that in a one-off type of situation, but I'm excited to see how. And another big coverage you guys use is quarters, which is just the coverage that is going on everywhere. I think Jonathan Gannon is somewhat known for those quarters type of coverages. Yeah. If the Giants catch them in quarters, maybe they can work that quick game, Dan, and that's a way that the right. Giants can slowly get the football down the football field. Yeah, you nailed it. And they have to, because I think they're going to have a much better
2: chance throwing the ball in the quick game at a, when the Eagles are running quarters than running the ball at this stage with heavy personnel. It's just, it ain't working for the Giants right now. Josh Azudu isn't coming back. They're left guard who they could use in the run game. Whatever they've got going. And, and I feel like this run defense for the Eagles has looked a lot better. It had, the, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Sean, they had that period where everyone's like, oh my God, this is going to be the big liability for the team. And now, especially with Jordan Davis back, I don't know if that's the case at all.
1: And let me ask you too. Oh, sorry, Sean. No, no, uh, I was
3: just going to say held, held Derrick Henry, 11 carries 30 yards. So, exactly. I, I mean, and part of it is there does seem to be a home road issue there with the run defense as well. I've noticed they played much better at home, mm-hmm. you know, Jersey. It's not that crazy of a road trip. I don't know what to look into it. Some of that was with without Jordan Davis as well. Right.
1: But. Yeah. I think that's a big factor. How has James Bradbury looked for you guys this season?
3: Great. I mean, again, like that, the cornerback play has been really good. Like the, the thing that's been frustrating at times is just them playing off and playing soft, like talking about that quarter's coverage. But a lot of that, I I think is more schematically. I can't recall like a ton of times where I've been like, Oh, Bradbury got beat deep." I was listening to a B reporter and they were having a conversation of like, who is the defensive MVP of this season? He made a, he made a pretty good case there for Bradbury. So Mm. I think I think Bradbury combined with like the fact that you have Darius slay on the other side, um, they're, they're playing pretty well together. And they're, to me, I think they're an underrated tandem in the league. Uh, I don't hear their name getting thrown out a lot when you talk about like the best cornerbacks in the league, but especially I think they have like kind of like different skill set as well, which creates some uh, good opportunities as far as like matching up with receivers
1: hope avante maddox doesn't play in this game because i feel like if there's one way the giants can successfully pass the football it would be against josiah scott in the nickel position because maddox is a pretty good nickel back that you guys have has scott kind of struggled the last few games in maddox's absence since he's been on ir
3: yeah i mean i would say you know kind of going back to the middle of the field i i couldn't tell you if it's like, hey, should the safety be here or is this the nickel corners issue? Whatever it is, it just hasn't been as good without Avante Maddox and without Chauncey Gardner with those guys being out. Yeah. So I, I couldn't tell you if it's the nickel corner more, if it's the safety. I know Avante Maddox, he is able to return from IR, but they're doing that thing where they're kind of they haven't activated him yet. They can, will they? I I don't know, but he's obviously a huge addition if he's a go, if he's a go.
1: And Sean, before we get out, thank you so much for your knowledge on the Philadelphia Eagles team. I know you're a gambling guy. So, you want to oh, yeah. give us some of the best bets specifically for, you know, week 14 and for the Giants Eagles game?
3: Yeah. So, uh, for the Giants Eagles uh, game, I will, uh, the Boston Scott touchdown stuff is so fun. I mean, him to score one touchdown, if you want to play it safe, is plus 550. I think if you also want to juice it up a little bit, Boston Scott plus uh, Daniel Bellinger, each of those guys uh, to score a touchdown parlaying those together. That's a, that's a real juicy payout. Uh, obviously I like the Eagles laying the uh, seven there. Don't, don't, don't lay the seven and a half, lay the seven. Uh, we're going to, we're going to mess you guys up. But as far as uh, other bets I like this weekend, I do like Miami uh, laying three on the road. It's the road, but it's this this Chargers defense is completely cooked. Uh Tua, you know, Waddle, Tyreek, they're going to have a massive game. And I also like the uh, the Jets catching 10 points against the Bills. Jets are dealing with the flu issue, so kind of keep I wouldn't bet that until day of in case uh in case some of those guys are out that are like key guys, but double digit uh, dogs in division, always a good bet historically. And I like this jet's defense like Josh Allen is good this season, but he's not that MVP quality. And you know, Mike white is such an upgrade over Zach Wilson. I just think this game is going to be a good game and 10 points with this jets team, the way their defense is playing and Buffalo's not consistently getting 30 points. So if you give this jets team, 10 points, that feels way too much. All right.
2: Sean, thank you so much for joining us. One final thing before we let you go. Give us a score prediction on the game, and then tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter.
3: Yep. Uh, I got the Eagles winning 31-17. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean T. Green. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast and the Die Hard Eagles Podcast. And, of course, go Birds!
1: Oh, no, you don't. How about no? really cheesy. jackasses. <laughs> I hope that
2: cheese
3: bounce your f- faces off.
2: thanks for joining us sean have a great rest of your weekend my man
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: Everyone appreciates a thirst-quenching beverage that looks like a beer can, but it's actually mountain spring water, and that look of a beer can may give other people the perception that you're cooler than you actually are, but this product I'm referring to is obviously Liquid Death. It's refreshing, it has multiple flavors, and it will help kill, probably brutally, plastic I've tried Liquid Death and it is thirst quenching. When I'm parched, it hydrates me. So give it a try and if you would like to do that, go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target and Stop and Shop stores or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash big blue. That's liquiddeath.com slash big blue. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, Marquee Games of the Week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem please call 1-800-522-4700 dan did you see that ticker thing up in the corner that he had was
2: that was a pretty cool thing at some point i'm gonna upgrade my studio i have something really cool that a friend actually just gave me like a Big time Giants memorabilia thing. Um, not huge time, I shouldn't say. I just kind of framed that weird. But something I found insanely cool from one of their greatest yeah. years. So I'll bring that. It's a, I'll put it up. I'm going to leave it as a surprise. I'll put it up at some point in the background. I, there, was, li-
1: yeah. I was a little jealous of his setup. He yeah, had a yeah, nice a cool setup. setup. And cool you know setup. what? And I hate to admit this. The hat that he had, I kind of like that hat. Like what I'm not a big mean? green guy, but it has the bird on it, and I don't know. The, since the Giants, we're not we're not a team that ah, Nick, uses Nick, an Nick, animal. Nick, Nick. You don't like don't like any Eagles hats, all right, Nick? Don't you? This is not, We don't I'm need to like Eagles it, hats. I'm just telling what I see, man. You know, right, I would I like rather it. wear that than the stupid of the Eagle, you know, just that's the Eagles face, like I now think you're that one better. is now better you're talking about stupid I like role. that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Cause there have, was a lot of disrespect right
1: now. My guy, you have Eagles green on, Oh, there was disrespect there. There I definitely just, was. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with that in post. There was something he was like, we're going to kill
2: you guys. It's an easiest matchup of the year. I don't know about that. I mean, Vegas had this at six and a half to start. I think it has moved to seven. So that means the money is coming in on the Eagles, but the giants. And one thing I think about when I think of this matchup is, I would be curious if Wink Martindale spent any time looking at, and I think he would. Like, this is what coaches do. If he spent any time looking at what the Giants were able to do last year, I know they now have EJ Brown, so it's a different situation. But that first game the Giants won against the Eagles in MetLife Stadium, they did a
1: really good job of stopping Jalen Hurts and stopping the run game. If I remember correctly, they actually allowed the run a lot. Like, I think the Eagles rushed for a lot of yards in that game, but they didn't oh, I actually allow I think you are right. They- I think I'm thinking of the other one. They didn't allow him to do anything through the air. And then like, I'm not going to say the giants got lucky, but the giants were fortunate because Jalen Rager dropped like three big passes, including one right
2: before the end zone.
1: And the giants won the turnover battle because Boston Scott fumbled the football like midfield when they were in the end
2: zone too. Aaron Robinson got board.
1: beat by Jalen Rager and the ball hit him right in the hands and he oh, dropped yeah. it. There was a lot of stuff like that, but, but even that's what they're going to have to have to win this game anyway.
2: Luck. I, let's think, so. I think let's so. be honest. I mean, no, no offense to our giants that we love. This is obviously a much better roster of the Eagles. It's not even really comparable. And it would be a little bit more of a closer battle. If we had McKinney, if we had a Dory, if we had a Zoot, if we had all those guys but with what's left, You've seen the Eagles' the injury report. There's, it's, it's almost spotless. It's crazy. They don't have any injuries. I don't understand how this team doesn't have injuries. Like, are we the only team with a laundry list injury report week after week? It's fucking, it's insane at this point. But this is gonna, <laughs> it's gonna come down to luck. The Giants need to get lucky to win this game. It's obvious. I mean, I think we can say it out loud. But it's still possible. The NFL is weird. We could have some luck. But I will say this about luck: you can put yourself in a position to get lucky. And so that's what I want to discuss right now. Something you brought up. I think it's got to be different here from Mike Kafka. I don't think you can go back to the well in this game. I think you have to come out especially because you're at home, especially because you're out. Why is it important? If you're at home, you can run no te- no huddle and and tempo offense much with a much better ch- likelihood of actually succeeding in it because you're at home because you can hear the headset because you have Mike Kafka from the booth and it's quiet on offense and you can actually get into the checks you need and so I really think the first possession of the game, the Giants should just come out with shotgun with lighter personnel moving the ball with tempo and just running quick game offense this is definitely the best chance they have in my mind i just don't see a scenario where the giants are going to be to go back to the well oh here's bellinger here's myrick let's just run the ball out of this 13 personnel let's try to win some of these duo blocks up front let's try to run counter let's try to have a puller that doesn't get there it just
1: it didn't work against washington why would it work against the eagles one thing i look at as well Daron Payne and Jonathan Allen were beasts against yeah. the Giants. Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Javon Hargrave—they're beasts. Hargrave, yeah. And you also have Josh Sweat and Asan Reddick. Both of those players—they're not the biggest names in terms of ed- edge rushers—and they're completely different players, but they can give some trouble to Evan Neal, who had a phenomenal game in pass protection last week. So that's another aspect we have to kind of uh, mitigate. And one way you can is with these quick hitting. Type of passes get the football out of Daniel Jones's hand, try and muster any sort of offense that isn't just running the football predictably. And I don't think, right? And I don't think Mike Kafka has always just run the football predictably. I think Mike Kafka is doing the best job with the hand that he has dealt. That doesn't mean that I agree with everything that Mike Kafka has done, but I think he's going to have an opening script. Or at least try to have an opening script that can move the football. He generally has opening scripts that are solid. It's just execution is sometimes off, and we've seen that throughout the season, right? The Giants haven't really been the best team, the best offense with moving the football early in the game. What which game was it, Dan, where where he came out and he totally deviated? Might have been Dallas, where he totally deviated from what everyone thought he was going to do, and he just threw consistently. I'm I sure it was football. Dallas, yeah. And they've done it b- before just Dallas, dude. Right. He's done it several different times this season. I think we might see something like that. Like, actually try to get Philadelphia, when you're at home, on their heels to move the football successfully. And I'm hoping, like I said when we had our guest on, Sean, that they try to throw the football deep. Just to threaten them a little bit. To get these cornerbacks, if they are impressed, off of Darius Slay. So Darius Slay has the ability to release inside, outside, off the line of scrimmage.
2: I think that's a great point, too. And I think we know because we've watched the tape and everyone who's listening knows James Bray, Bradbury is not did not all of a sudden become a great man cover corner against speedy wide receivers. And so if they can get some matchups with Darius Slayton against Bradbury, some double moves early with verticals vertical elements to them, run those plays, throw the ball to Slayton. Worst, play, worst case scenario, you put it to the outside shoulder, it's going to be incomplete. But give him a shot. Give them a shot, like you said, to play the Giants a little differently. We can't have a game plan like he was talking about how sometimes they just go into bare fronts and just say, F it. We got five guys on line of scrimmage. If you try to run 13 personnel, the Giants, against these five-line line of scrimmage or, or the, the 12 personnel with the extra offensive lineman thing that they like to do, it's just not working. I know it's not going to work. These linebackers are playing good. DJ Edwards, who we talked about, is playing great. Dean is playing great. They're better they're better than Washington in my mind. And against Washington, there was nothing there. All of the runs came off those draw plays, basically, all of the run yardage. So I just think you got to change it up and i personally like i'm okay if they try to come up with the same script like you talked about with dallas where it was a lot of play action throw the ball play action pass play action pass over and over but i would prefer to just switch it up you know why because they haven't put a lot of quick game shotgun uh spread it out 11 personnel type looks on film the giants in general it just haven't done it it's, it's week 14 it's crazy they haven't really done it at all yet that's an, almost the most insane thing to even think about that they haven't really run it yet. But since they haven't, it could give them a nice advantage here because the Eagles don't have a lot of film to work with. They can look at some of what they ran in overtime and they've done it in the past, like the two minute trails. But like this would be a good opportunity to change it up a little bit here, right? Show personnel groupings you haven't shown that are lighter personnel group. We don't need, I just think in this matchup, we don't need Myrick and Bellinger on the field for every single snap. Bellinger, yeah, but I just think there's a different way to do it and there's a different way to go about it. And I hope that Kafka does actually do that.
1: For me, at least, it doesn't need to be like every play 11. Oh, no, of course. That's not the yeah, that's not the identity, and that's not what Dan and I are saying, but just maybe a little bit more to try to get something else going. But this team they run a lot of nickel personnel, the Eagles, their fourth most nickel personnel team in the nfl running about 77 percent of the time but even despite that like we saw last week it wasn't like the giants were able to run the football even in 13 personnel against like washington's nickel personnel package so like that kind of negates the the personnel battle right because it's not like the giants are going to gain too much of an advantage because philadelphia has safeties linebacker hybrid guys like kaiser white who might not play in this game but players of that ilk who can do a lot of different things and can wear a lot of different hats. I kind of do think Daniel Bellinger might might be a big part of this passing attack, though, I over hope the middle so. of the field. And yeah, not just because be Sean, Sean said that, but now he's a, another week removed from that injury. And I think he's one of the better receiving options that the Giants have right now in terms of understanding where he is supposed to be. He is sure-handed. I think he only has one non-catch on a target that was a drop I think against Dallas in week three like Daniel Bellinger has been playing really good football so far as a rookie and you look around like Isaiah Hodgins is fine but Richie James out of the slot I think can have a solid uh, contribution this week but I think the Giants need to also try to get Daniel Bellinger going over the middle of the field just with those quick little OTB those quick little spot routes in quick game
2: yeah you sound a little bit like uh, Charles Barkley there when you said contribution like contribution
1: Contrib- did I, you know, I did it came off weird. It oh, yeah. definitely
2: did. Yeah, it definitely came off weird. All right, Nick, let's get to some score predictions here. What do you got? Give us your prediction here for the Giants Eagles. We both, by the way, got last week wrong. We both predicted a win over the Washington Football uh, Commanders, and we both that it was a tie. So we lost. Yeah, I'm not optimistic. But I think you said 2019, by the way, did you? Before we get into that, I think I said 2018. Oh, 2019 yeah. would have been so close. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. I think I said 2018. So I th- th- thought it was to be some kind of weird score in the game, but. <laughs> With this one, I'm gonna go with. I think it's gonna be like a 32 to 17 game. Is what I'm and seen two touchdowns. I'm a little, but I, ju- I I do think the Giants won't come out completely lifeless. Like I don't think the Giants are gonna come out completely lifeless. I think they might keep it a game similar to what they did against Dallas. But then in the fourth quarter, the Eagles just kind of ratcheted up, and the Giants fall behind. And these injuries on the on the defense, I mean, like guarding AJ Brown. Like I like Nick McLeod a lot, but that guy's gonna be matched up against AJ Brown. AJ Brown is a rare athlete it seems like jalen hurts is really has a very established rapport with that receiver i don't know who the giants are going to match up against aj brown like are they going to activate or not activate but play more rodarius williams because their body types are similar right. Do they maybe want that? like is that really what we're discussing right now and that's kind of just the state of the giants at this moment if you want to bring pressure there's going to be one-on-one matchups and we know aj brown is one of the best wide receivers in one-on-one matchup situations so i think it's going to be rough sledding for new york especially down the stretch of the game
2: yeah, this is the first game all year where I feel like going into it, I'm predicting the Giants get blown out. It sucks to to be at that stage. Um, and again, like I said earlier, if they had better injury luck right now, I think this could be a much better game. And I think there is a chance that we could get into like mid Q2 and it's still a close game. But yeah. as we roll forward, especially we've known that this Giants defense has been really bad lately in third quarters, like really bad at a halftime. I don't know what that is. And, and really end of half into third quarters, like just before halftime into third quarter. So I think that's when the game really turns for the Giants. Defensively, I just have no clue how the Giants are going to stop this offense. None because of what you said, the matchups at receiver, the offensive line advantage for the Eagles. And in addition to that, into addition to all of that, Jalen Hurts' ability to run and Jalen Hurts' ability to escape, which we've seen give the Giants trouble at times.
1: And coverage, you know? Right, against
2: man coverage, exactly. What does a rushing quarterback want to see every snap? Man coverage, so... Offensively, I don't see or defensively, I don't think this is going to work for the Giants. So that's why I kind of want them to come out early and just say, "Eff it, let's play a quick game. Let's run tempo. Let's just try to put points on the board. And like you said, even take some deep shots. I think we could see a. I think so. They're going to have to go to that at some point, whether Kafka likes it or not, and whether he comes out early with it, he's going to have to at some point go to the pass game like he did against Detroit. Unfortunately, he's not going to see as much man coverage as he did against Detroit. And the personnel is just so much better for the Eagles. So I think we'll get a couple of the garbage time drives maybe a touchdown and a field goal from garbage time and that'll get me to 17. But I think the Eagles will probably put up like uh I'm gonna go with 38 17 Eagles. So 38. Okay. Yeah. And I think
1: there could be a defensive score for the Eagles late
2: in the yeah. game. I'm
1: hoping that the Giants Second. can something we've seen throughout this season. And that's why I have like field goals mixed into my score is the Giants' red zone defense ends up doing sure. well. But looking at the Eagles' offense, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, I'm pretty sure they're one of the more efficient offenses once they get down there, especially when they're running the football because of Jalen Hurts. It's very difficult to stop their zone read game. like Because Jalen yes. Hurts is incredibly dynamic, and Miles Sanders is a good running back. It's kind of crazy that guy had no touchdowns mm-hmm. at all last year. Now I think he has like eight or nine. And again, right. I don't have the numbers in front of me. And then you factor in the Boston Scott. That, that, that's a fun little like narrative, but at the same time, it just seems like every time this guy plays a giants, he scores a touchdown. And if this is going to be a blowout game, I think Nick Sirianni and that coaching staff are tracking on it. Why put miles Sanders back out there, risk injury when you have a guy like Boston Scott out there. That's a great
2: point too. And so we'll see what happens there as well. All right. Thank you to everybody tuning into the big blue banter podcast this week. That's our Eagles giants preview. And we'll be back Sunday night to give you a reaction to the game. We didn't do a we didn't get a chance to do a mailbag this week, so that'll that'll come next week. It's long overdue. So thanks again. Talk to you soon, and have a great rest of your weekend. And go Giants! Let's figure out some lucky way to win this. Like I said, luck is still possible, so maybe they can get. One.